we are like the talent and the engineering <laughs> department and the production department. <laughs> You're like, oops, forgot to turn my light on. Which yeah. means everything is our fault when something goes bad. Right? I'm just starting to really get an appreciation for, and not that I'm just starting to get an appreciation, but I have that huge appreciation for, you know, our crew guys and stuff when we go even do like acoustic things for radio stations or something. Anytime they're set up, so nice to have people do it for us. I miss Yeah, that. you forget sometimes how amazing they are and how they do such a great job. And I found uh, myself the other day, like I grabbed my guitar off the wall and I strummed it and it was out of tune. So I just held it out like this to the side <laughs> for like 15 minutes. I was like, where's Bruce? Oh, I'm at home. Never mind. You, get your kid. You, should, you do a fun thing where it's like your your kid is your tech and you put tech. your hand out and your kid comes and grabs it that'd be great he although i already have pieces of uh broken nut and stuff like that all over oh. my house for my kids helping so let's just let's just uh -oh. leave that alone let's leave that alone no, for no. now <laughs> talking about, we were yeah we were talking about cankers before we put <laughs> cankers. I think uh, is like the most painful place to just have a cut, and then it may, and then it reminds for me personally. If I have a canker sore, it just reminds me of like how much sweet stuff I eat because I every time I eat something sweet, it hurts. I'm like, ah, right, right, ah, that's right. I have a canker right now. I can't eat this. Can't eat <laughs> gummy bears. Is there another word for it? Hate, the word canker is like ointment or trousers. It's just a weird word. Canker. Well, it's like it's like the first person who had one was like, ah, oh, what is this? And he's like, what? Well, explain it to me. What, what does it feel like? Ah, oh, it really hurts. And, you know, it's, it, it, it like canks on me, man. It's like it's canking in there. I don't know. <laughs> the word to me feels like That's a perfect that. description of the pain. Kinks. It's That's a not a word you would use. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm really canking right now. I'm really canked. Uh, I used to, I got, uh, one of those, you know, electric toothbrushes or whatever. Yep. But before I, you know, especially out on the road, like I just had a regular toothbrush Well, I would like brush your teeth really fast. And all of a sudden you brush your teeth and smash. You're like, Oh, and you jam it, you know, well, and now there's going to be a canker there. And of course <laughs> the, next, you, the next day you get like a canker and it just hurts. And it's just like up in here somewhere or down here. Well, what's the race? The why are you brushing your teeth at warp speed? Like, wait, what's with the really fast brushing? I'm going to go, man. I'm going to rush. Anger, you anger brush? <laughs> going to get you plaque. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love it. Well, I mean, yeah. Who knows? It's great. It's a great conversation. I'm like, <laughs> anger yeah. brush. I love it. They tell you to be very gentle when you brush. You know, you don't just just got to brush. Well, the one I have now, it's like you push too hard. It goes red. So it's got right. a light on it. It's like blue. Oh, it and then you push it too hard. It's like, smart. it goes red. And you're like, stop. And I'm like, no, that's just getting good. On the road, you're trying to replicate your electric one by by going so fast, you're vibrating. You're like, yeah, that's what you're trying to well, do. It's good because it like it'll you set it up so every thirty seconds it'll go, and then you switch. So you're supposed right. to do thirty seconds for each quarter of your mouth. Right, right, right. So it's, so it's two like, minutes, and then when it's done, it does like a. You're like, it's okay, not too, it's not not two keep going. It's not two minutes per week of brushing. Are you sure? No, it's two minutes per year of <laughs> flossing. 
Uh, I've actually started flossing again. This is probably not something we really need to get into, but uh, <laughs> it's just, this is why people pay the big bucks. It's why people pay a thousand dollars a year listening to this shit. Is that what it costs? All right. Um. Yeah, we save every penny. Uh, I was thinking this morning about super groups. Me and you always argue about super groups. And I was actually thinking a lot about super groups because because uh, me and you agree upon the super group thing. Where we would say, like, in order for it to be a super group, you got to have every member has to come be like from another band that was massive or something. I think you need to be able to carry a group on your own, basically. Your name has to be able to carry a group on right. your own. You know, like right. Slash can, can be a member of a super group because he's Slash. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like the. Yeah. The Traveling Wilburys are one that we both agree are. It's like a super group. It's like Tom Petty, George Harrison. You know, you got a Beatle. <laughs> Roy Orbison from Roy Orbison. Roy yeah. Orbison. Uh, uh, of course, Bob Jeff Dylan. Lynn. Yeah, Jeff Lynn is is the one that's like. It's like push like the the back. They're like. He's the less known one, but he's so much to his credit. You know, like he really does deserve to be there. And I think probably is a big part of the reason that group existed. Well, he probably but writes I mean, all their songs. To me, that was. So that's like a, that's a super group. That's a super, that's a super group. Highwaymen is a big one. Mm-hmm. If you're a country music fan, which I am, I mean, I grew up on the Highwaymen. I love that that's, that song uh, too. The Highwayman. Yeah, I was a starfighter. <laughs> love it. Yeah, well, it goes through different. Like one was like a pirate yeah. ship. Some. Yeah. I love it. Highwaymen. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that was uh, Chris Christopherson, <laughs> Willie, Waylon, and uh, Johnny Cash. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a that's a super group right there. And then they had Rick on drums and Jeff on bass. Right? So who were they? Who cares? Yeah, but I mean, that's the other the other side of the conversation was like I didn't want to because then you get like a, a lot of people. I saw it was like Todd Hancock or something posted something. Who's your favorite right. super group? And I said Traveling Wilburys. And I think someone was like, uh, you know, I think he was saying Audio Slave. And I'm like, well, right. but it is really. It's just someone's got to play drums. I mean, unless you got they're, Phil Collins on drums. I mean, a super group in, in the essence that there are two groups that came together. Right. But I mean, in the, in the way that group. it's like, yeah, Rage Against the Machine is just a massive band. But at the same time, you know, like a... Could the bass player or the drummer carry a band on their own? Maybe, maybe I don't know. But uh, Tom Morello you know, definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's good. That's a good question, right? It's Man, a tough one because yeah. I mean, I, I, hate, I love Audio Slave. I absolutely love Audio Slave, and think it's. But I don't consider them like a super group. I think of them as another band. You know, I think. Well, of look them at. As, well, it's a good one. Is uh, Van Halen? Van Halen got Sammy Hagar. Well, Sammy Hagar was a. He was a, an artist on his own. Sammy Hagar was right. a, you know, like, like a big artist on his own. Then he joined Van Halen. That's a super group, I guess, in that sense. But they never, right. no one says it's Van Halen's a super group. They just got a new singer. Right. Just happens to be a really famous one. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, hey, let us know what you think. It's like it goes both ways. There's a few others. Like Velvet Revolver, like, right. you know, um, it's a good one. You know, it's, <clears> it's, it's almost like when bands mesh, it's like it's easy to call them super groups. But I, for me, I, I, I like that, uh, you know, like in every single one of the members can come up and sing in the mic. And it's like a, it's almost like a super group is made up of, of front men or, 
you know, in a way, Slash can be a front man. Slash's, Slash's act is called, you know, Slash, even though Miles Kennedy's out there singing. It's, uh, it's still Slash. Yeah. And Miles Kennedy's, it's, that's kind of, you know, that same thing. You could argue that that's a super group because Miles Kennedy's from Alter Bridge and Brent Fitz from our band, formerly from our band. I mean, that's serious cred right there. He fits some... from us and Alice Cooper and Vince Neil band. It's actually Todd some really, real amazing. Yeah. Todd Kearns. Uh, I saw Todd Kearns uh, in the, at the Ozone nightclub. <laughs> For, <laughs> what was he well, he was opening, they were opening for a big wreck or something like Ian Thornley. It might've been just Ian Thornley. I'm not sure, but man, I was blown away by Todd Kearns. He was, he, he stole the show for me that night. That's, he's a talented guy too. He's so talented. He's, he, he annoys me how good he is. <laughs> Him and Brent Fitz, like those guys are like, they dress the same and they're all like the, the nicest guys. Effortless. Super talented. Yeah, Todd Kearns can sing anything too. He's one of those guys who's like, he's super he's humble. Ageless. They're super yeah. humble. You're like, man, jealous Todd Kearns. Um, yeah, there's some Vegas dudes right there. But I remember Brent telling me a story about that, uh, the Slash gig. And I guess he called up, they're looking for a bass player. And and Brent called up Todd and said, hey, I got you a gig. Let's go. You're playing bass for Slash. And it, I guess first, I guess Todd was playing in a cover band in Vegas and it was a great gig. I guess right. a cover band in Vegas probably makes good money and stuff. And he's like, I don't know, man. And Brent's like, are you an idiot? <laughs> let's go. And I guess like Todd's dad had to talk him in or something. He's like, hey, like let's go, man. So, uh, of course. You well, know, you know um, when you get this comfort, when you get to do what you do, sometimes it almost doesn't matter on what level it is. You know, if you're, if you love playing and he's playing covers and gets to go home and sleep in his own bed at night, for, you know, for some people it really touring can be tough you know touring can be taxing on people i can get how somebody might not be jumping at the opportunity to be on tour for eight months of the year or something if it doesn't suit their personality for me i'll take uh eight to eleven months of tour (laughs) (laughs) don't tell your family that it's true though the comfort zone thing the comfort zone thing is real it's like even like you we mentioned before like when we had to fly out to our first show after this massive hiatus being home, who knows how long it's going to be at this point. Yeah. It's going to be weird, man. It's going to be such a change. The first couple of days are going to be like really weird because it's just not used to getting on a plane and going in a bus and stuff. It's going to be weird, right? It's going to be re- real strange. I'm, uh, you know what though? It'll, it'll be exciting. I, you know, I always say like the start of a tour is the most exciting when you start playing shows again after you've been off for a bit. It always feels fresh. It always sounds the best. Your ears are fresh and, and rested and you just start and you have all this energy. You know, you're not beat up by the road yet. You're just, you're still rejuvenated. I always love the start of touring. It's definitely going to be, there's going to be some nerves and stuff that hasn't really shown in a while just right. get getting back into the comfort of playing but i think it's in this weird way it's going to be uh you know the, the excitement of nerves is actually kind of what drives you sometimes you know you you like that yep. feeling of being nervous because it's it's it hits you somewhere so you know i think it'll probably it'll probably end up being even more exciting to be terrifying and that and terrifying things are exciting it's uh for me it's like as soon as i like land, the plane lands and i go to like the baggage claim and you know you're, like you're probably landing and you're, at the and same your baggage time is actually there am i you know it's funny it's like who like who in our group 
get screwed the most with the I've never had a problem with my bags. And it's like been me recently. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of luggage misplacements. Germany for like four days. I had yeah. no, no luggage in Germany, and I was like really worried I was never going to see it again. I'm like, oh, it, man. It's, and you didn't Dean lose his luggage for like a week or a whole tour, and he went and bought a bunch of clothes and stuff, and then gave them the receipt or something. I yeah, think. you just send the receipt to him. They send you all send you cash for it. It's great because I had to buy but I had to buy like a battery for my phone so I could charge my phone, and I had to buy all this stuff. And then you just send in the receipts, and they just cut you a check it's tough because we travel so much like if you're if you fly in to start a tour and your bag doesn't arrive well uh oops because we leave well i've we learned now yeah. that i i travel always with a full change of clothes in my backpack now because yeah. it's funny as i'll walk around and somebody will see me i'll be wearing a shirt says austin texas and then somebody will be like oh hey you're from austin i'll be like no but they lost my luggage there once and i had to buy a shirt at a gas station <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh you're from ohio no but they lost my luggage there once and i had to buy a shirt at a gas station <laughs> yeah dude i love your L- 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 los angeles airport employee <laughs> shirt yeah, that's right <laughs> No, that's because I got so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, right give me the, the shirt off your back. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. There's always like, people always tend to be unlucky with certain things. Remember we played yeah, Joe, that? it's food. Joe is food, 100%. Like, we all have these superpowers, right? <clears throat> right. Like, uh, Joe's superpower is, <laughs> it gets to the point where it's, it's just funny every time. He gets so worked up because it's like it's almost like your expectation. <laughs> your superpower is based on your expectation. And Joe is like a foodie. He loves food. He wants food to yeah. be good. He's like he puts a lot of thought into what he orders for dinner every night. And I'm like, well, yeah. spaghetti with meat sauce. <laughs> yeah. And Joe's like, I want the balsamic chicken with lemon drizzle on. The- <laughs> and you know, he's very. Yeah, and then yeah. something. And every time it'll be like, they forgot my lemon drizzle. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or something, every right? Time. There's, there's something missing every time. And he gets like angry and I'm just laughing. Yeah, <laughs> I, you, you ordered spaghetti with a meatball and I've ordered ditto. What did you order, Tyler? I don't know. I, someone else put... <laughs> what did the guy somebody? above me order? Because I wrote ditto. <laughs> Whoever. Well, yeah. What did our tour manager order? I just ordered the same. That looks good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But everyone's got their super... What's Dean's superpower? Hmm. I don't know. What is Dean's superpower? We all have superpower. I don't was my mine's technology, right? Mine is totally technology. It's like just stuff will not work. Yeah, you always be like, this doesn't work. It's just, no, it's not working. Hitting buttons real hard, which is probably the reason why <laughs> things don't work. Yeah, that's right. I spaz out. It doesn't work. But then you come along, and you're like, Here, try this. Works fine. Works fine. There you go. It's me. Tender it's touches, me. Tender touches. Tender touches. Well, I'm I was even man, before we right? got here. I'm acid man. Even right now, I can feel my the acid coming out of my palms of my hands. Like sweat. you have acid sweat. We acid, always talk about like if we sweat. had a, if we were super villains, like you would be able to break into vaults and stuff. Yeah, I could break through the safe. How long is that going to take, man? Hey, it's like thirty inches thick. Ten seconds. Give me a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if we we sound check, if you play acoustic guitar at sound check. Guitar tech's like, oh, I have to change the strings before the show, 100%. Because they'll be well, I'll see him grab, like, when he takes my guitar from me right away, it's like he, he wipes it down. He tries to, like, salvage it. It's like he tries to beat the, the, 
the acid sweat before it gets too deep in the strings. Yeah. So and spraying the, it and wiping it down as quick as he can. Yeah. There's not much that can corrode right through steel. But mm-hmm. uh <laughs> now you know, folks. Beware. Beware. We were talking about Audio Slave. Uh, I remember when we did that show where we opened for them. Right. Quote right. unquote. Remember? Right, it was right. at the it was in Dallas. Yep. It was at this old place. It was an old theater or something. Kind of dome. Called? They called it something the something Agra Dome or something dome. Norma Dome. I don't know. Some kind of dome. But this, something you know, dome. This, this was a highlight night, by the way, because a lot of cool things happened. Yeah. Well, we played there was a there was the the arena thing, the dome. Yep. And Iris Slave was playing, and then we were playing the bar. The attached bar. Went, the attached bar. So when people left when they were over, we actually played after Audio Slave. So Audio Slave opened for us. And people had to walk through the bar to leave. So it was like forced to listen you to know, the 12 seconds it took to walk through. We had to get their attention, bring them in. So we're like, hey, you, where are you going? But that was Good cool. Man. So Audio Slave sound checked during the day. And I went into there and sat in one of the seats in the dome. And when they came out and sound checked and they started kicking people out of the, the dome. And so I slouched into my chair and Tom Morello put a ghetto blaster on top of his amp and started playing like a something from a cassette tape or something. This was 2002. This was like right yep. on early days. Yep. And uh, he started playing something and then they were jamming and jamming it. And I was just like slouched down there like, please don't see me. Please don't see me. And man, I'm telling you, I watched them do a 30 minute sound check just like the only man in the room and they were just like working on tunes. If I would have actually had the sense, I think probably had some Nokia phone that probably couldn't actually record video back then, but, but you man, could was, play centipede. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was cool. I still think about that and think, man, I was a fly on the wall in an audio slave jam for real. Like that was, that happened to me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That yeah. was, a, that was a decent gig. Like back then. Yeah. We were just pretty much doing whatever we could. We and it packed. I mean, we played we played to a packed house. In fact, uh, that's when Dime Bag and Vinny came out to the show. Yep, and bought us black tooth grins. That's right. That's the first we time drank. I ever knew what one what one tasted like. Oh, we drank a lot of black tooth grins back in the heyday of uh, me and my buddies. We would always watch the Pantera home videos and be drinking black tooth grins. What is a black tooth grin? It's a it's coke like a and crown and a. Splash of Coke. Yeah. It's just uh, crown of Coke. <laughs> yeah. That's a shot, right? So it's pretty but uh that's yeah. pretty cool to have uh the legendary Dime and Vinny buy us black tooth grins. It was like we we did the uh encore and we were sort of out there waiting and their buddy came back and said, Hey Vinny and Dime enjoyed the show and they wanted to buy these black tooths. That's right. I thought I that was that. I mean it's a highlight night right there. Pretty yeah. cool. That's the cool stuff that like, uh, you know, when you first get touring, you like just being on some of these festivals or stuff like these bands you grew up listening to, Pantera, and then you're in Dallas and they just stop on by. Yeah. Buy us drinks. That's, um, that's just like, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I was sending, I was pretty much texting everybody of mine from my Nokia flip phone that night. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a flip? I don't know. I just like the, like I can't remember what it was called. It was like a 2100 or something like that. Amber yeah, screen. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, those things were garbage. 
But yeah. you could literally throw them at the wall and then pick them up and call and apologize. Mine was 5G. <laughs> so much it cost. So advanced. Yeah. But we That's were... How uh, so much your bills were. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Back then, yeah, because living in Canada, they didn't have any international plans. So anytime you called your girlfriend back in Vancouver, which was 11 times a day, what are you doing? I miss you. And you're like, <laughs> Fuck, 800 bucks. <laughs> you got a bill. For, I got a bill for three grand one month. Oh, I flipped my lid. I was like, what? Because they didn't but have a loophole. As a, as a Canadian band, we found the loophole is you got an American phone plan and you could yeah. add Canada's as a state, the whole country of Canada right. you could add as, as a state for $10. <laughs> and then it was like yeah. unlimited. And I'm like, I, I can't believe this. It's like a hundred bucks for as much talking as I want. Loophole. Yeah. Canada, it just no. It was Jay Sikowski hooked me up with a phone way years ago and I got, it was from Connecticut. So people always like, why do you have a Connecticut phone number? I'm like, I don't know. It's from 2005 when I got I this. I think I did mine phone. in Connecticut too, actually. And they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, do I have to have a Connecticut uh, area code? And they're like, no, pick anything you want. I'm like, all right, New York City. Give me a New York area code. So they gave me New That's York right. City. Now, because your phone number is 212-555. No, it's the 917 area code. Oh, that's right. 212 is a landline. Yeah. stupid. (laughs) Come on, man. We uh, edit edit that out later. Yeah. (laughs) We mentioned uh, Highwaymen. Um, I never, like, that's kind of like outlaw country, right? I mean, that's That's outlaw country. Those four dudes, full-on outlaw. What I felt like outlaw defines outlaw country music was that every song was like a warning. And that's what, to me, outlaw country music was. It was like, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. You know, everything's like a warning. It's like, you just, you got to know that outlaw country, it's you beware, beware. That's what the songs are about. Beware. We listen to, he's not, he's outlaw country is um, Hank three. Oh yeah. Hank three is outlaw country. But he had that song. Pop country really sucks. That's right. Here for the Dick and Dixie. Yeah. And the C-U-N-T back in country. That's right. Because he talked about like how, you know, you don't, he talked about how they like disrespected his father or something. And you don't have him in the Hall of Fame, but you got a guy dressed like him greeting people in the lobby or something. Right, right. They put the, didn't want to put, admit him in, but they got a statue or something like that uh, out the front door. Something like that, yeah. The Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Our guest today is a country singer, and yeah, I guess it's it's an outlaw kind of. I listened to his whole record. I think it's that's outlaw country. It has a lot of warnings. It's all warnings in there. And this is Johnny Cash, where you just like, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. <laughs> You're like, that's, oh my god, that's outlaw country. <laughs> Are I mean, you okay? there's no denying it. <laughs> yeah, there's no denying that that's outlaw country. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yeah, so uh, this is our our first country guest, but uh, outlaw country for me when I was growing up was Kenny Rogers and Ann Murray. (laughs) The the genres now are so I don't know, like there's such blurred lines in 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 country music now. I I don't know where country and rock sometimes, uh, you know, where the line is. It's because a lot of his stuff uh, sounds country, but it almost sounds rock too, like to me. <clears throat> it's almost like uh, 
You know, it's funny is actually Sturgill Simpson is uh, up for a rock Grammy. I mean, Sturgill Simpson to me is like outlaw country. He's kind of what I, I believe is right. like the old school, like the stuff my dad listened to. And uh, it's weird. It's like, a, a, because I feel like country and rock are like, they're almost like intersecting right now. And it's Sturgill Simpson's actually up for a, a, a rock Grammy. I wonder if he's like, uh, I wonder if he was confused by that or if he's like, hey, man. Take where I can get it. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. You, you know, well, you know what? Get him on here and we'll, we'll find out. But let's find out. Not today. Not today. We got a different guy. Uh, let's, what do you want to bring our guest on? Let's this bring time. Him. We should bring him on. Our guest today is a country music singer signed to Better Noise Music and his latest album, Who I Am, debuted August 7th, 2020 with the hit Outlaws and Outsiders featuring Ivan Moody, Travis Tritt, and Mick Mars, and also his new single, Blame It on the Double, featuring me. Please welcome Corey Mark. Woo! Yeah. What's up, everyone? What's up? Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Tyler, for having me, man. I appreciate it. Good to be here. It's nice to have you. Yeah, checking How in from North intro? Bay, Ontario. It's great. Yeah, tuning in from North Bay, Ontario. Yeah, North Bay, man. So we You've, were talking off uh, before this. We were talking about how we've been there before. We're trying to figure out where we played, but it's a little bit of a little bit of a jaunt. How's the weather? Uh, you know what? It's not that bad. It's, it's it's pretty mild right now, considering the the winters we have here. Uh, usually getting the you know below twenty, below thirty, and. Uh, Right now, it's just kind of low cloud, muggy, not really cold, not really nice. It's just blah. More like a Monday. You a Maple Leafs? You a Toronto Maple Leafs fan? Absolutely. Big win last night. Hockey started last <laughs> night, and they won their their opener. Yes, sir. <laughs> they won their they won their season opener. I was figuring you must have been a Leafs fan. Obviously, yep. we're not Leafs. We're Canuck fans, so we can't hey, really be a big dub too. So, yeah, they did. They That's did. Right. Against this highly expected uh, Oiler team that just keeps on being <laughs> the <highly Oilers>. expected. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, Wendell Clark this year. He's, uh, what is he? Is he returning? <laughs> he's coming back. <laughs> Who was the guy that uh, that Don Cherry loved? Uh, his favorite Doug, of all Doug time. Gilmore? He loved Doug Gilmore. Doug Gilmore, yeah. Oh, Doug Dougie Gilmore. He Dougie, loves Dougie. Yeah. Good Canadian Killer. kid. Dougie Killer. Killer. Yeah. <laughs> Quite honestly, how good would it be to watch like, uh, you know, like the in golf, they have like the champions, right? It's all the old guys that don't can't compete right. with the young guys anymore. It would maybe be more entertaining to watch like the, a bunch of old ex NHLers play in like some, you know, yeah. semi legit league. And you could watch like yeah. the old goons going at it and stuff. It, yeah, it would probably say. be pretty. It'd probably be really entertaining hockey. Watch them beat the <laughs> piss out of each other. <laughs> yeah, and they would. Because I mentioned would. this to uh, Jamie McLennan, who we had on here before. I mentioned that at one point because I was watching this thing they have for basketball. They have like a three-on-three half-court basketball. Have you seen this? And it's like a champions thing where they have all I, the I remember you talking about players. <laughs> so I hit up Noodles. I'm like, dude, you guys should do like a, like get some old hockey players and play like shorter periods or something and you could you know or maybe half ice or something and i think he said that it was something that was already they were already in the works or he was they were talking about it or something if not i think the three fun. of us should just start it <laughs> I mean, start, a, start a league semi pro 
Start our own team. Where can you play? Did you play ever or what? Uh, basketball or hockey? No, hockey? Yeah, I played hockey. Yeah, I played. I was on skates from the age of three and uh, got up to major junior and got some offers uh, in uh, for college as well too. So, but, so you uh, really can play. So you could play legit hockey. Uh, we played yeah. we played beer league hockey. Ty hey, and I we went and bought hockey gear. That's where we all end up anyway. So. That's right. Yeah. Like even even those ex-NHLers, they end up. In. <laughs> That's where I'm at now. Uh, beer leaguer for life. That's good, though. So, what about what, what got you into the music? You got family that plays, or? Yeah, my my dad was actually in a a band with his brother when he was younger, and uh, country band, country western band. My uh, my uncle Wolf Wolf Milestone uh, was it. his name, and uh, he still plays, man. But. Uh, my dad got me in the drums. So I, I played drums when I was, you know, younger. Of course, being from Canada, uh, you know, he grew up listening to Rush and Deep Purple and Grand Funk Railroad and uh, Neil Peart to begin with. So, uh, you know, I was drum. That's all I wanted to do was drum. And um, I didn't pick up a guitar until, you know, I was 18, probably 17, 18. So outside of high school and just kind of closet drummer, I guess, you know, and uh, one thing led to another. <laughs> But I grew up, I did grow up in a very musical family. Uh, I grew up with acoustic guitars and fiddles and all that stuff at birthdays and Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. So I was blessed to be uh, surrounded by, by that growing up. Big uh, country, you know, like who would be, because me and Dave were talking before about super groups and it led us to like, uh, you know, the highwaymen. Highwaymen. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about like Hank, uh, Hank three, and uh, Hank Williams, and like uh, so. You talked about like Rush and and stuff like that, but what about like any outlaw country, any stuff that was like you know the, a lot of that stuff? Oh yeah, my my favorite, my favorite of all time, my favorite singer songwriter is Merle Haggard. Um, oh, yeah, nice. I got to meet Merle. Uh, actually, played uh, Memorial Gardens, uh, a rink I played hockey in growing up, right in my hometown. It was actually the first tour bus I was ever on it was Merle Haggard, Super Chief. I got uh-huh. to hang with him, and it was I was almost in, I was pretty much in tears when I got back to my parents' place because I had the signed picture, his, his guitar picks, and you know I got to hang with him. I got a few Merle tattoos as well too, so he's definitely That's my cool. favorite. And you know, my dad loved uh, Waylon, Waylon Jennings, of course, and then going back to Buck Owens, and um, you know those old even going even further back to Jimmy Rogers where country music all started. I just, I, I still love that stuff and listen to it every now and then. I love that. Uh, you know, for me listening to your, your new record, you know, it doesn't even sound straight up country to me. Like it's like, it's, you know, there's, it's crossing genres all over the place. (laughs) For me, it hit a few, uh, there's a few notes of pride and glory. I don't know if you're a Zach (laughs) Wild fan, but I have a huge, uh, I'm a huge Zach Wild fan, and I and I could hear some Pride and Glory ish kind of licks and sounds yeah, and, man. and whales and and uh, you know it's got the, some of that heavy heavy guitars in there too. It's so it's like it's not your your you know classic old school country. Uh, definitely, yeah. it's, it's there's some rock elements and even I mean at times some some metal. heavy metal elements. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, I I grew up on like so you know growing up on being a drummer again like Rush and Deep Purple and Grand Funk and all that. That was like when I first started, you know, from ten to about fifteen. By fourteen, I was into like Dream Theater and then going to the Gigant tours and then doing, you know, watching guys like um, you know Lamb of God and Arch Enemy. Uh, so I got into that style, and then of right. course, you know, Pantera is definitely. I noticed that 
looks like a Dean behind you there. Little dime bag, you know, uh, so <laughs> watch it go. <laughs> so I, I, I like, it's, it's crazy. I know a lot of, you know, when I first start talking about where my influences come from, it's, you know, my mom's side, like French, Italian, uh, and American too. And so it's fiddles and acoustic guitars. And like I said, then I started drumming and then rush and those bands led to the heavier stuff. And, and now here I am singing, uh, now, now I'm a singer. So it's kind of funny how it all just spun around. Yeah, I like the, I, I like the, um, the amalgamation of that. That's what makes it so awesome. And that's kind of how it has to progress, right? Like you can't do, like you said, if you did like a Merle Haggard, it wouldn't really be, you know, contemporary in that sense. You, know, you kind of have to progress. But I'm curious if that is something that you, like, I'm curious how you met Kevin Churko because he's mm. obviously that's his thing, right? Like, he's so yeah. good at that. Like, how'd that turn out? Well, and I mean, like, you know, he's uh, he's a big Merle fan too. And uh, so it's kind of, we, we're both drummers, first of all. So the funny story uh, about that is it's kind of a long story. But so when I first started writing in Nashville, one of my favorite records in high school or outside out of high school was uh, Black Rain and uh, uh by ozzy osbourne and i forget which which time it was but we're, my dad would drive me to toronto just because the flights were shoot cheaper instead of going from north bay toronto toronto nashville right it's just one one stop so uh my dad would drive me to uh toronto and we were listening to this album we must have listened to it two times on the way there the three times maybe and i remember him saying i remember telling my dad i was like you know it would sound so awesome if country if there's a country song or artist that could make country music but with this kind of production right a little more on the heavier side and uh you know my dad's all you know his uh he's the producer is actually from saskatchewan he's canadian and looked him up and all that stuff but i was just getting in the game so i didn't know much about producers or who the you know the key songwriters were or anything and uh, i'm not sure if it was that trip or the very next trip my manager louis was like hey i want to show you something believe it or not i grew up with this guy and uh Anyways, he starts showing me Kevin Churko, and I'm like, my, my dad was just talking about him, and I love Black Rain and all that stuff. He says, one day, you're going to work with him. I said, well, do you know him? He goes, actually, I grew up with him. He's a childhood friend. I'm like, okay. And sure enough, I don't think it was more than a month after that, out of nowhere, Kevin called Louie and was like, you know, how you doing? Shooting the shit, whatever. And he said, listen, for a couple Aussie records, I'm all demoned out. Is there... Is there any oh, yeah. uh, any country acts in Canada, up in Canada, you think, you know, I'd want to work with? And it's kind of not doing what everyone else is doing. And Louis, sure enough, said, you know what, I'm just the guy. Long story short, uh, he ended up flying out to one of my gigs where I was opening for Toby Keith. And uh, he came and saw my show. And uh, that was it, man. We, I gave him a shot of Jack Daniels. We toasted and down the hat, watch it go. And. That That's how deals together. are made in the music That's, biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck paper. Did he have a good beard? Did he yeah, have the oh, beard yeah, when you yeah. met him? Yeah, he's always he's had that beard for from what I, I, at least I think probably the last fifteen twenty years. I think I I remember Kevin before he had the beard. Yeah, I yeah. I saw I there's pictures I of him in the studio. Before. Yeah, it's just got a little <laughs> kind of like this going on, not much, and then it's now it's just this big. He's a Viking. Well, he went Ju- uh-huh. Did he win a Juno for that for that Aussie record or something? I think he would. I think yeah. He he won a he won yeah. a Juno. Yeah, I think he's either won a couple or at least nominated. And I know he was nominated for a Grammy with uh, Disturbed. 
So yeah, he's great, talented. man. He's a fucking awesome. great guy. And he's got his whole new studio. So were you in the new studio or the... Uh... I was actually in both of them. So Blame It on the Double and Outlaws and Outsiders were both written and recorded in his in the first studio. Um, it's kind of by the airport, I remember. And then yep. now the hideout, the new hideout, uh, we did the rest of the album there. The old one is... Uh, is there's the, it's right next to that Italian restaurant. Yeah, Did you guys yeah, go eat in hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah, all the old like all the classics, just like like Sinatra and Elvis and all those old boys would go eat there and stuff. So it's it's pretty you know it's pretty cool to almost go back in time and sit in those same booths as those you know. History is important, man. I, I do the same thing. We played uh, Madison Square Garden, and I mean to me to this day, it's like it just like I have the set list. It's like one of the few <laughs> set. But yeah. I remember just like putting my ear to the concrete walls and I'm thinking, man, there's like, there's a little bit of Led Zeppelin reverberating in here. There's a little bit of yeah, everybody. I mean, yeah, everybody's man. been in. Yeah, it, I love that. I love the history. When you get to play in rooms, we played at the, what was that surf one where, uh, you know, La Bamba and the Big Bopper and the, their last show before they got in the plane oh, and the plane right. crash. We played no that way. venue. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is it's crazy. I remember being a kid and watching the La Bamba movie. They had and a big, we are, had a big plane thing out there. Yeah, and they did a big Whalen. Whalen was supposed to be in that plane too, but he let uh, he right. let the big he let the big bopper go because he wasn't feeling good. He gave up his seat. That's right. Wild. Yeah, that's uh, that's the crazy thing about this whole COVID is that uh, we start there's so much nostalgia starts coming out of us. You're just like, man, I remember that time. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. played Wembley. Like, uh, so have you done a lot of touring? Obviously not now, but like before it all kind of got shut down. What was like? Uh, what were you your touring looked like? My touring was more it consisted more as of you know fairs and festivals and uh, the odd probably one or two cross Canada tours um, with either American acts like Brantley Gilbert or Toby Keith um, or some of the, the bigger country acts here in Canada, like Aaron Prichette and Brett Kissel. And the, the, the latest one was Gord Bamford. Um, so I've, I've actually, I've done one myself too, a few years ago, but just at small clubs and stuff, but I've crossed Canada now uh, seven or eight times um, played a few venues in the States. Uh, but things were kind of just getting going for me uh, when this all hit. So, so now I'm uh, back, back in the hangar, just waiting, <laughs> waiting to fly. Right. Yeah, we're all biding our time now. Mm-hmm. Biding our time. That's it. I'm sure, we could, we could play some shows together. I think that oh, would yeah. work well. I think, I think it'd be great. Yeah, especially now more than yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah I sharing. think uh, that's one of the beauties now. Is that, especially with uh, for us with rock music, is it feels like. You know, the lines are really blurred and that it can everything's kind of intersecting with each other. And yeah. I almost feel like bands don't want to come and listen to three bands that sound the same. They almost want to come out and hear three different sub genres. You know, just yeah. I feel like it's more exciting uh, to, to be able to go and, and see bands and, and be like, oh, that was cool. And then well, something else starts and it sounds totally different. Well, it's like, you know, when you go to a concert of, I'm sure we've all been there where it's like, you know, you either get a ticket or you're at some place, you find out this band's playing, right. And you don't know who the, who they are. Right. And you just show up and you're like, Holy shit, these guys are great. You know, and these are just the openers. And then the headliner goes on or something you're like, fuck, these guys are awesome. Right. You know, it's just, I find it's, yeah, it's probably a good way to, 
you know, kind of find, find different music. And for us, make, right. make, make different fans. You know, if we kind of do something more on a rock country line, which would be a little bit different for you guys, I would think, but you know, we could still, still definitely make it work. I think, you know, yeah, that's how you bring other fans in, right? Edge fans, the fans that are, you know, uh, maybe country fans that come to see a country show and, and, and see some rock bands at the same yeah. time. And they're like, Hey, you know what? This ain't half bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> Van Halen used to, uh, they used to always have an opener. I, they would, I heard that they'd pick on purpose that was terrible. So it would make them sound better <laughs> yeah but we're, the, we're the opposite we always pick bands that are too good and then we're like man and then we go on we're like i don't know how are we gonna follow that yeah we're gonna <laughs> step up our game yeah because it always end up picking bands that are just like uh yeah we end up, after a while we're like we end up opening for them somewhere i mean it's like we'll go overseas <laughs> we've opened for bands that have opened for us we're like man this, this band's blown up because i don't know maybe just, dave we just have such great taste well, I think it, I think it's, a, you know, for, it's, it's true, but for us, you know, we've always approached tours that when we are, when it's our tour, you don't want, you want them to have the fans to have an, a good show, enjoyable yeah. show. I don't want them to have to suffer through 30 minutes of trash. I want them, I want the bands to be good. And also I like to watch the music before a show. So if we got good bands touring with us, you know, that I can go and watch and get jazzed up for the show, then that's a plus. I mean, the only way you want like a bit of a shittier opening is if you're getting a percentage of the, the beer, t- the, the beer and liquor sales. Cause if the shit, right, you're drive them. drink more, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to pay yeah. the gas. Well, our, somehow. Fans, our fans have always been great. I think, I don't think we really had any bands that we've gone out with. Our fans are like, they suck or booed them or anything. Our fans have been so open that's i don't know that's maybe just a theory thing we've our fans have always been welcoming so because we hear, hear that theory fans hear that theory fans we talk we talk nice of you guys we talk yeah. real nice of you guys <laughs> they're good guys <laughs> yes we're hoping they're all still there when we tour again <laughs> well, i always oh, notice like theory fans that that you know come and see us play they they always become fans of the opening bands and it's like they start you know the f- following them all on social media and stuff and i think that's cool that's what i want to have happen yeah and i love yeah. the features i love seeing people featuring you know other artists and stuff i talk to tyler about this all the time i i think it's like it almost like gives artists credibility in a way. I feel like more, you see it so much in hip hop and I feel yeah. like the, the genre thrives because of it. Right. You have all these yeah. people just like, Hey, be in my video. Hey, be in my song. Be, yeah. And of course people that are fans are like, well, I must be a fan of him too. If, if he's good enough for him, he's good enough for me. And yeah. like, I feel, I feel like rock in this weird way. was always, you know, but butted heads a little bit with that. So it's cool to see. I like to see that, you know, go away from that. Yeah, I feel like there's there's a lot of a lot of um I mean I mean I'm doing it. I've been doing it, you know, my first single outlaws having you know Travis Tritt and uh Mick Mars and Ivan, you know, and uh that's the first time Mick Mars has ever been on a country song, so that's pretty cool. You know, that's very um, cool. But then of course uh blame it on the double featuring Tyler and, and Jason Hook as well and you know, just to add that definite rock edge to things, you know, I think it's, it's really cool, but you can even go as far as like someone like Post Malone and Ozzy Osbourne, you know, yeah, what, exactly, you know, and I, I actually, I, I love the song. I think it's great. 
Yeah, that's cool. I love. I actually really like Post Malone. I, I, I keep seeing footage of him like covering Alice in Chains or Nirvana stuff that I grew up listening to. That, and I'm like, yeah. man, this guy's just like me. He probably listens to the same stuff as me. He's always playing and thrashing around. He look. He looks like a, the kind of guy I could hang out with. Yeah, he's he. He likes to have a good time and play yeah. some tunes. You know. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good time. <laughs> he definitely would be right up your alley, Dave. You guys be probably smoking weed. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> Miss it, gotta start somewhere late on the bus call <laughs> so are you doing sit. any like live streams any of that because like for us it's like impossible being in a band yeah like it's, it's kind of just me it's just like Tyler yeah. do you want to because it's like uh, we all, we had this, uh, this other opportunity recently that we got approached to do and I immediately was like I don't know how how's the band going to do it we're all all in different one guy's up in Canada the rest of us are in the States it was kind of like Dave was like, "Well, Tyler, you would just do it." And I sent like, an email. Yeah. I'm like, "Well, we in brackets you will uh, record the record the yeah, song, and then like, we in brackets you can mix it." And the- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know, like, if you've been doing because being an artist, you have the opportunity to be like, "Hey, I can just you know what? I can just do an acoustic live stream thing for some fans." Boom. Yeah, I've been like uh, in 2020. I did you know every Wednesday on Instagram, every Friday on Facebook for. I don't know, oh, eight nice. or nine months once we, cool. uh, once we hopped off the tour. So like, I, man, I probably did, I'd say with, between, um, you know, some of the Instagram lives I did with other people and, and just my own, I, I probably did, I'd say upwards of a hundred and maybe a hundred, 150 performances, just streaming from my, my little studio at home. <laughs> Not the so same. Still putting in the work. Still putting yeah, in the work. Well, I, you yeah. know, I had to find a way to keep the ball rolling and, I, I really do miss playing, right? So it's just—it's—it's it's not the same, but it's—it was still an audience, right? So it's kind of where this was born for Tyler and I, just to be able to talk music and talk to people, just because <laughs> you know, I feel like you're you're chained to your home, and you're like, you know what, I got to get out there and connect. I need to connect to some people and just yeah. find out what's going on in the world. Well, I got to find out what's going on. Fuck it, North Bay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Watch the weather. How's yeah. the moose? <laughs> yeah. There, uh, yeah, there's not really much going. Well, especially with COVID, it's 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 pretty quiet, man. There's there's nothing really going on. I mean, we can't even go out and you know, you can't even be out on the uh, skating rinks anymore for the next month. Uh, can't do any skiing or anything like that. Quebec's got a curfew. Everyone's got to be in by eight o'clock or something like that. So it's just kind of kind of messed up. I was uh, in time, yeah, we're in complete lockdown. Yeah, and. Uh, in the meantime, I've been getting my pilot license, so I'm right there at the end. And then my school, uh, my school shut down until February 11th, and I'm right at the uh, flight test now. So it's and I, I've been go, I've been trying to train for this for the last 10 years. You just kind of go and come back, go and come back, get caught up. But COVID's giving me the time to do that. But now with these uh, lockdowns, it's shutting down the schools, right? right? And okay, t- tell us about that because I, I did read something about you at one point wanted to be like a fighter pilot yeah. so if you get you're getting your you're doing your testing is it uh oh, is like froze. a Cessna yeah. style like what are, you, what are you going for i think you uh you froze there for a bit tyler so only got i only got a little bit of the, yeah. uh, the question oh sorry i, I was just saying so uh, you're going for your pilot license is it cessna yeah well like, what do you go for first yeah, Cessna first. Like I could fly a 152 and a 172. I've been training. Uh, my friend, my uh, my friend has uh, my old chief flight instructor has a Yak 52. So it's a Russian plane, but it's fully aerobatic up to uh, 
you know, seven G's, positive G's, and I think five negative. So it's fully aerobatic and do all that crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, that's that's my Amazing. dream. Yeah, it's it's ba- it's well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, so you know, you're Russian planes. Uh, so once they they graduate from the Yak fifty two, that's actually what they go on to fly as a MiG twenty nine or any other MiGs they have over there. Um, so yeah, when I was when I was younger, when I was playing hockey, I had uh, my first year junior. I had an opportunity to get a f- uh, well full ride offer. I didn't get the actual offer in hand, but they wanted to take me for a tour, and that was kind of the idea of uh, Ohio State University to play division one hockey there. And just out of high school, I just didn't want to go back to school. I was playing hockey cause I didn't know what else to do. So, um, then later on, uh, when my junior career was ending, I was scouted by the Royal military college of Canada. So I thought, well, I, I think this is it. I, I have to bite the bullet and go back to school. Right. So I thought, why not go back to school, uh, play good hockey. And then in the summers I'd be training to become a fighter pilot was the, was the dream. And then I picked up a guitar and, uh, once I started playing music, I thought, well, I'll just do it privately then. I, I, I started getting my private pilot license while I was playing hockey. And then it just, my school actually shut down. So then I went back to playing hockey and then I, I ended up signing with uh, the Royal Military College. But um, yeah, my hopes now is I think it'd be just a cool way to get around from show to show, right? Kind of uh, fly my- to tr- to Toronto and then. Yeah. Uh, well, really yeah. like anywhere at that point, like my, 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 my biggest goal is growing up in North Bay. We had the, uh, um, was it? It's called the Heritage Festival, the Equisher, uh, and with the uh, Heritage Festival and Air Show. So uh, there'd be right there'd be the the Air Show from <clears throat> whatever it was, twelve o'clock, you know, noon till four or five o'clock in the afternoon. But then from six thirty till eleven at night, it was like a huge fucking stage and bands all night, right? Or there's twenty thousand people you know and it was so my my huge goal is eventually to bring that back and perhaps make it some sort of tour package you know like so there's an air show in the day and there's concerts at night and you kind of do a bit of a some sort of circuit you know sounds awesome we'll see yeah. what happens <laughs> you could be the next uh bruce dickinson yeah around 747 yeah i think i'm not sure about the whole 747 thing i'd probably get <laughs> i would get something closer though like a, like a smaller learjet even or um, my biggest dream is to get like a they call them warbirds so it's any kind of ex-military jets or planes and uh man i i live in chattanooga and chattanooga that, tennessee well, I- yeah, there is some. Is must be a military base right here or something because there are there, so there is, many yeah. choppers. And I, I saw like the biggest transport plane last night. I actually thought it was going to crash because I'm like, is that thing even moving in the air? It's so <laughs> yeah, big, yeah. so low, and I'm like, is it just coming down? I can't tell. <laughs> and it was just circling, but it was the biggest beast. It probably had tanks in it. No, that's what I imagined. Yeah, yeah. Mostly it's probably <laughs> uh, it's probably either there's the C seventeen Globemaster, but then what's even bigger than that's the C five Galaxy and it's a just a massive, massive cargo plane the military uses. It's pretty wow. cool. I yeah. love it. Every now and again they'll be I'll hear a bunch of choppers and I'll look out and there'll be seven or eight choppers all going like in yeah, tandems too. Badass. <laughs> Sweet. We played some uh, military bases. Uh, we've been over like uh, you know, like uh, Okinawa a couple times. And the last time we went, it was um, it was Air Force Medina Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. That's the so, fighter like, pilot dream right there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the fight. That's where they train all the fighter pilots. So like, our they have like a hotel, or I guess it's like a whatever they would call it, where the people live. Is is that in so California? We were, is that where that is? That's in Japan. Yeah. No, that's oh, in Japan. Japan. 
Way yeah. off. So we, clouds <laughs> close. Uh, and so we would be in our hotel or whatever it is, because it's all on a base. And then it'd be, be so loud because the the all the jets would just be sitting there like to ready ready to take off, but they would just take off like one after another nonstop. Oh yeah, and then, I think I think they're on an aircraft carrier. They're practicing taking off and landing on the yeah, aircraft carrier. That's awesome. Yeah, but they had like stuff for us to do, right? So a tour manager would be like, "Hey, here's all the stuff you guys can do. They got a movie theater. They got a golf course. My golf course." So I went to and played golf by myself and play with a couple other guys i guess military guys on the base but they had all the like the planes whatever they would have been i don't know f-14s or something well what whatever year was it this is a few years ago yeah, yeah. 20 in, in japan in japan and was it japan sure. on it was yeah, yeah on an american military base though oh okay it's probably f-15s or something yeah. like that the eagles yeah and there was just like and and so the you would tee off and it was it was like the the grass where you tee off and then a fence and then all of the planes and they're all on and it's just like you can't even tee off it's so loud it's just, loud, just all yeah. turning their engines on i mean they're like they're like 100 feet and it's just so i got the guys to take a photo of me teeing off with all these planes lined up yeah pretty That's cool, cool. I, I would be probably yeah. just drinking beer and watching the planes to be honest not much of a golfer myself but you, i'd probably you could see them come out it was so cool because they would take off and go almost straight up and then just like go oh, turn yeah. around go right over your heads right over the hotel or something it was really cool and they'd just go they'd one after it. another five of them boom 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 yeah. The uh, they call that the uh, unrestricted climb, where they just kind of hover there and then they right, they just pitch straight up and they're gone. It's called it's, a, it's called the barf bag or something. Yeah, <laughs> <be> like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Chris from Three Doors. No, sorry, Brad from Three Doors has been on some. He's been on some legit planes yep. where they like, try to make you throw up and stuff, and they give you pins. So they give you different G's. So if you hit like five G's, they give you a five G pin, and I guess nice. He was somewhere, and someone was like, "How'd you get like a five G pin?" He was like, "Oh, I just went up with the Air Force." They're like, "Oh yeah, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> they can pretty much kill you if they want." Yeah, barrel roll. And you pass out, but yeah, I have to go up. And if you're not used to, I mean, that's just me though. Like, if you guys ever get a, a an offer to do it, at, like, do it because it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Uh, I actually went up with the Canadian Forces Snowbirds in 2017. I've been a huge fan of them since I was a kid. That's what I wanted to do originally. And right. man, it's, it's just the coolest thing. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm a big air, aviation guy. So for someone who doesn't like roller coasters or heights or it might be a little different for you, but it's still really we'll get cool. Dean, our bass player. We'll get Dean, our bass player to do it. He's oh, a, yeah. a Dean roller coaster guy. <laughs> Dean will do it. Dean will do it. Dean will do it. It was a great. <laughs> yeah. Dean can handle any ride. He won't puke on the ride, but. Give him some LA smog and watch out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's a good inside joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He can handle anything, but you, he, he cannot stand LA smog. He but will he can't party in LA. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's a good story. I have to tell that one. That's funny. Uh, at another time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, d- dude, thanks for coming on the podcast. Like, uh, we definitely will, uh, We'll hang at some point. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the song, but I'm uh I'm excited to get back on the road. Maybe maybe we can do a festival or we can do some shows. I'd, I'd love to, we'll man. Meet you one day. Yeah, That'd I'd love good, to. Uh, if if you're down, we can get some writing writing in too. If you're 
You game for that? Yeah. Write, write some Let's tunes. Let's do it, man. 100%. Well, Rocket, man, I appreciate you guys having me. And again, it's uh, glad to have you on the single, man. You sound sound great. It's cool. I love the uh, the uh, pre-chorus, just that, yeah. I love it. It's good. It's cool. It's just yeah. Yeah. I, I, little, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I told Jerko, I'm like, I threw a little Tyler yeah on there. Fucking know. right, man. Dude, so I, I, like, I like it. That was, that was, <laughs> I like it. Kind of, it's awesome, man. I, I love it. I must have like just listened to that chorus over and over and over again. And uh, Jason Soul is great too. So it is good. Yeah, Killed I love it. it. He's good. Sweet man. Well, well uh, you take care. Uh, stay safe. You too, guys. We'll, uh, talk, we'll talk soon, man. You Thanks, bet, boys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Stay safe and uh, keep in touch. Cheers, boys. Will do. Peace. See ya. Ah, cool. Sweet. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I really actually enjoy talking about the planes, mostly because I think I'm just more terrified of it. The idea of getting in a fighter pilot, like getting in a plane like that. Oh, I don't think I'd do well. Well, Darren, I- uh, when the guy works at our label, he's been up a couple times. I don't know how, but he's over in uh, he's in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. For some reason, he's somehow finagled to go up with some fighter pilots multiple times. And I'm like, so how was that? He's like, oh, they they make you throw up. I'm like, really? He's like, oh, yeah, they do it on purpose. I'm like, did you throw up? He's like, yep, both times. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't why is that fun? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, what are you, why are you eating? I guess if you're throwing yeah, up. Burger, hot dog. <laughs> I was pretty wasted before I got in the thing. <laughs> like, is it not yeah. bad for a fighter jet to have a bunch of puke inside the cockpit? I feel like it's like there's controls and shit, but it's like, hey. It starts sparking oh. and like, oh, more screw on oh, what happened. <laughs> yeah. well, I, got, I got some puke in the I control. thought it was going to be chunky. It was pure liquid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't know what you have or haven't eaten. Yeah. I guess they give you a bag, right? But still, like, it could be... I don't know. Yeah, I I am scared to death because I am I am not a, I'm like a claustrophobic weird person. So like I would feel like they trap they would they would put you in like so oh, you yeah. can't even move, and they're like and then you're at now you are have no control. Like I've done Oof. the I've done the NASCAR thing, but you're driving the car, so they they strap you. You have to climb in the car and they strap you in. They tie your your head so your head can't even move. You can't even look, and That's it's crazy. just. And you're stuck. If there's a fire, like you can't even get out. I'm like, and that's how I know, like I couldn't be an astronaut, <laughs> you know, because I can't. Can't, astronaut. can't take your helmet off. I, I wouldn't be able to get into that small <laughs> little thing to get shot into space. So, I mean, I could pass all the other tests, no problem. But I just can't fit. <laughs> yeah, but that's Damn, how I know. Totally. I be an well, they just put you on a gravitron, right? Yeah, we all could do that. That's easy. I get past all the other tests. Yeah. The, the physical tests are like, Dave, you failed. What What part? The acid sweat. The, you melted the, right through the suit. <laughs> report to test room 2B, and it was on second floor, and you took a break on the stairwell. Yeah, you failed. <laughs> yeah. The cameras picked you up, yeah, uh, smoking weed, uh, and then you couldn't make it up two flights of stairs, so you failed. Yeah. I can do this. Do you really want to do this? No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could be an astronaut. Yeah, for sure. Just no. if not for my claustrophobia. <sighs> Otherwise, yeah. It's interesting as all those astronauts tend to be, they tend to be a little bit older. It's like they take people like aren't in peak physical condition. They're more probably educated. They're more stronger when it comes to like, what are you going to do if like uh, your suit gets a leak? Well, I won't panic because I've been training for 25 years. 
won't panic because I'm older and not as Wiser. deep physical shape. Yeah, I won't panic because I'm just like, eh, here it is. Here we go. Take <laughs> I'm ready now. for it. <laughs> oh, astronauts. Yeah. Yeah, space, no way. Yeah, I would full on. Well, it's like um, scuba diving. I really wanted to get into scuba diving. I went and took the test, passed the test, and then, well, if it's, uh, not sorry, the, the written test. You'd have to take right. a written test. And then it, there's a scuba shop literally at the top of my street. So I just walked in there. I'm like, yeah, I want to. How do I take the uh, like the training tests? He's like, oh, we do uh, just do it at my house. I have a pool. Oh, and he's like, yeah, you just so we just do scuba diving in a, a swimming pool in someone's backyard. And I'm like, oh, well, I have this problem with my ear. I can't seem to equalize. He's like, oh yeah, if you can't equalize, you can't scuba dive. I'm like, oh, yeah. so it's like, like Ruben, scuba, Ruben, yeah, Ruben, so good. He's banging his wife. <laughs> <laughs> that long came Polly. Long game Bali, yeah. Full flippers. Yeah. But I, I love to uh, scuba, but the same thing, I'd feel like I'd get like 50 feet down and then be like full panic mode or something. And you're like, well, you can't just swim to the top. You have to go up real slow or you get the bends. So I'd be like, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, into it. Just, I'm just a spaz, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. I'm just have to but stick anyways, to music. Stick to music, a good I combo. guess. Good combo with... with our guest today, Corey Marks. Well, should we Corey. wrap it up? Yeah, that's it, Dave. This is it. So, as usual, another successful podcast. Semi-successful. We didn't say anything stupid this time. Well, we have to listen back and edit it out, probably. That's right. If we did. If we Technology, did. Technology, maybe. So, uh, go subscribe. Uh, go uh, make sure you get to uh, go to our website, bandmeetingpodcast.com. You know, it's and, important uh, that you like us because we're George Costanza and we must have everyone like us. <laughs> like us. And other than that, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. We're going to set the internet on fire.